The Light Breakfast with Asha and Terry. Good morning. Morning. Time for all, We're All Ears, as we're calling it. We're chatting today with Mandy Harvey, who, despite being deaf since she was 18 years old, is a singer and songwriter, was also a contestant on the 12th season of America's Got Talent. And what's amazing is how we're able to do this with Mandy using software that provides her uh, closed captions of what we're saying while also lip reading. Could you tell us a little bit about your hearing journey? Yeah. I've uh, struggled with it since I was born. I didn't immediately turn to sound when I was born and uh, I've had a lot of surgeries. My my entire childhood, there was always kind of overshadowed by getting tubes put in, tubes taken out, my eardrums not vibrating. How many ear infections was I going to have? Everybody else is going to play in the pool, but I had to be at the edge of the water with the plugs with a full head wrap and I wasn't allowed to get my head wet, anything below my neck. Mm. And even oh, to this no. day, like when I wash my hair, I lean my hair back, my head like really in a weird way so that there's no water gets inside my ears. Right. And it's always been this shadow that has followed me of as you get older, your hearing will get worse. And at some point in your life, you will lose your hearing. And so I worked harder. I just, I cherished music so much. And because I couldn't necessarily always hear the differences between this part and this part, I I had to study it more. Hmm. And I worked my butt off with music theory. And I had this incredible opportunity to go to college for vocal music education. And the first month that I was there, I was unable to understand my teachers talking anymore. Mm. And things really started to progress really quickly. And over the course of nine months, I went from being hard of hearing to profoundly deaf and being dropped from the music program. Wow. And for all intents and purposes, the music just died. Wow. Tell us a little bit <sighs> more about that time in your life. Yeah. I, you know, it's it's one of those things that when you're in it, you don't understand how bad it's going to get or, or how, how you're going to get through. You're just kind of hyper-focusing on one moment at a time. For me, what we didn't know at the time was I have a connective tissue disorder and I was having a lot of other surgeries on my body because I was falling apart and my body's reaction to those surgeries and caused it to fight itself so this we didn't know mm. all we knew in the moment was i went from being hard of hearing to every single morning that i would wake up it seemed like i could understand less and less and less so it was very and, aggressive and progressive loss yes and so i i got tested i got tested let's say October, hmm. then I would get tested two or three weeks later, and it would be worse. Wow. And then I'd get tested a month later, it would be worse. By Christmas, I was legally deaf in both ears and getting fitted for hearing aids, which to me was my hope. It was the my last chance of being able to stay in college, in education for music, the only thing that I've ever been focused on. Hmm. And I wasn't that kid that had the privileges of having their parents pay for everything. Like I was that I was that annoying child who did every car wash, who sold wrapping paper to their neighbors, mm -hmm. who showed up and cleaned toilets mm -hmm. and so that I could afford to do a voice lesson, you know? Mm -hmm. So I worked hard to be there. And so for me, I was just like, I'll I'll do anything. And um it just wasn't enough. So I spiraled. Mm. 
I wish that I could say that I was the type of person who saw adversity and was just bucked up internally confident be like so my life is changing right it'll be beautiful anyway i i wasn't that person i think that's I, called toxic positivity i think you have to have that moment is. of grief um, denial and acceptance and all those things first before you can move through the next step right it's difficult because nobody wants to deal with you in that phase though mm. like i needed to mourn the loss of who i was because my life will never be that person again and for all intents and purposes she died and i am a new person now and i needed to mourn who i was and it wasn't dragged out for years and years and years and years though mm. there were aspects of it that were but people are really uncomfortable when they're around somebody who's struggling which i think is very odd because everybody struggles everybody mm. understands loss everybody understands pain not everybody understands joy and hope and love mm. it's the one like the one real thing about life is that we get that part we all but we're struggle, so uncomfortable yeah. being around it yeah. yeah i sort of have a bit of a twofold question for you here sure you said you you went from hard of hearing to profoundly deaf whilst yeah. you were actually studying vocal training uh, a singer yeah. i wonder if you could some way sort of uh, give us an example for us to understand better what that level of hearing was like to be hard and then profound and then how that affected your singing because i don't think people who have hearing who are of hearing could understand um right the connection to hearing singing well if you can sing now why can't you keep singing what's mm. the problem i don't understand you know right well so when i was hard of hearing when you um you would sing in a choir i sang in choir and uh i wouldn't necessarily hear the person standing next to me but i still could hear myself i had to like focus in if you take your your fingers and you you kind of put push your ear out and you can create an echo chamber with oh. yourself and it mm. amplifies the sound i could still hear myself and so what i would do is i would memorize every single person's part in in the choir not just mine i would memorize every section so that i could understand where they would be even if I couldn't hear them, I knew where they're going to go and where they were going to be so that I didn't have to worry about that. And then I would hyper-focus on what I could understand, which is visually, I watched everything happen. Visually, I was very in tune with the conductor mm. and I, I just worked really hard to memorize. And with a lot of dedication on music theory, I focused a lot on trying to find specific notes and be able to sing them at a drop of a hat and and do it that way when i was dropped from the music program it happened in one singular day mm. and what that looked like was i went to music dictation which is a part of theory which is where you listen to something and then you write it out in score form note by note rhythm by rhythm and it was piano mm. so we had the key signature we had the first note and then we were supposed to wait and then listen and then chart out what he was playing. And I was staring at the teacher and he was staring at me 
for a very uncomfortable amount of time. We just stared at each other. And then I looked around the room and noticed that he's staring at me because I'm the only person who hasn't started and everybody else is finished right, right. because he had already played the piece right. and I didn't recognize that he had even started. I couldn't hear the piano enough to even know that notes were being played at all. Right. And so I was dropped from the music program that day. And it was uh, so devastating. It, it was, I was numb. At mm. I, I think for a little while I was numb. The, the weirdest part about it was, is that it didn't make sense. Like I was there, I saw it happen, mm. and then I had the piece of paper in my hand, and I'm walking back to my dorm room thinking this is a dream, this mm. couldn't be real, I can figure this out. I had a little burst of hope, like, it's, I'm gonna, uh, there has to be a way, right. you know, and then there was a bicyclist who was coming up behind me, and it was winter time, and he hit, he hit a piece of ice, and he couldn't get out of the way right. of me right. and so he was yelling get out of the way and i did not hear him because he was behind me and I, mm. I didn't hear him mm. and we collided into each other and it crushed my hearing aid so i have this broken hearing aid in one hand and this muddy paper saying that you're no longer accepted in the other and i'm battered and bruised wow. and it all hit me at once and i was like oh my god i am never going to wake up and have a day where i feel like i can understand what's happening right i will never have a moment where i can just sit in my room and listen to my favorite song and i will never be able to communicate the same way it's over it's done and it would just all hit at one time so where or, or how did you go from sort of that moment to good stuff to to yeah, to exactly. you to know good stuff. like to good stuff and to like to stuff, yeah. yeah being on a show and singing and music actually right. being your thing in your life and now at this point where you're at right now yeah that progression yeah I so I moved back home I left I left college that was devastating but it was part of life I signed up for ASL classes American Sign Language classes. And I started community college uh, with my younger sister, Sam. And I started to get involved in the deaf community and learning a language, which now I had my sister and we were communicating. And so that that gave me such a lift off of my heart of I I'm broken. I'm stupid. No one cares into this understanding that no, 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 I might be broken right now. I'm not stupid. People care. I'm just different. And and then going and meeting real examples of people who were doing things that I wanted to do to understand that it wasn't a death sentence mm. to be different. Um, it really changed my head because the first thing that you see is when when something happens to you that is negative is as people just keep reinforcing the negative mm. you'll never be able to do this you'll never be able to do this you cannot do this you cannot do this you cannot do this you cannot do this the issue is is the only person who knows what you're capable of is you mm. and so if you allow other people to tell you who you are mm. you'll believe that you are in a limited box of potential mm -hmm. and that's all you'll ever stay I needed somebody to open the lid 
and remind me that I have control over my life. Mm. And so I started, I started learning. I started to become educated with the fact that you can be successful. You can find ways to communicate. You can be an artist. You can be a musician. You can be a doctor. You can be whatever. Just because you can't hear doesn't change your heart. Mm. And then my dad was struggling at the same time with the loss of his father. And so he asked me to play guitar with him, mm. which initially I didn't want to do. But I said yes, because he's my dad and I love him and I respect him. And uh, what are you going to say? N- no. Um, and so we were playing, we were playing guitar in the basement. And it was the first time that I really paid attention to the vibrations of the instrument that I was creating. Mm-hmm. And I could feel it on my fingertips. And as I'm holding onto this instrument, I could feel it rumbling down my arm. And I became very aware that I'm the one who gave up on music, that music just didn't disappear. And that even if I just play a tambourine to nothing, I can still find a way to be involved with the thing that made me feel alive. That gave you joy. It gave me, it gave me a real sense of, of my identity. Like being able to express myself with music is the only thing that has ever made a great deal of sense other than my faith in my family. Mm. And so it was it was such a weird absence to not have it in my life. Prior to joining community college and, and when you were actually studying music in a different way, were you very distanced or separated from the deaf community or hard of hearing community? Because you said you well, were learning um, sign language when you joined. It's not, it's not a massive group. And so if you're if you're in um, a large city, you can find people who are deaf. But, you know, in my hometown where I was at the time, I didn't really know anybody. You know, I, I had not really been fully exposed to it. My dad had a roommate in college who was deaf, so he knew some sign language. My mom, because of just her own passion, she had done music and signing for a very long time. And because I was aware that I would potentially lose my hearing uh, as a kid, I had an interest in the language, but I didn't know anybody personally Mm. who was deaf. And um, when I did finally meet a couple of people at the college where I was losing my hearing, I became very introduced to the politics of the group. And um, the people who I met were on a far extreme to saying that because I wasn't born deaf, I wasn't actually deaf and that I was not accepted into being allowed to be around them. So even within the deaf community, there's discrimination? uh... Absolutely. With the people and any group of people has discrimination. So unfortunately for me, my first experience with the deaf community was discrimination. It wasn't until after I started learning sign language and then getting introduced to silent dinners and and hangouts where it was just a bunch of different people Mm -hmm. that I found so much love and acceptance and, and people being on quite a large spectrum of their own journeys of how they lost their hearing, how, how much hearing they have lost and, 
the hierarchy of that that's inside of it it's mm. quite bizarre because mm. at the time i was one of the most hearing impaired in the room based off of decibel count right. um but i had no experience in the culture so i was in this weird limbo stage mm. of not really fitting in there either i had to earn my stripes mm. it's always hard when you're trying to be in a part of a community um not quite fitting in but then the community you're supposed to be coming from you don't really fit in there and having to find your your own squad that in itself is a huge emotional mental challenge yeah. but obviously you're you're made of metal or steel because somehow or other you 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 found your way and your your group of people that were going to be kind of the the wings that would lift you up enough for you to be able to get back on track when it comes to sort of music so mm. Tell yeah. us how this idea of you going back to music properly, not just you yeah. know, picking up a guitar and strumming it and feeling vibrations, but really like writing music, perform performing it in front of crowds, performing it I know. You know, oh on stage at a competition. I so it was a bunch of me saying yes to things and not being able to take them back. And then having to figure it out. Um, if I'm all honest, like so a lot of people say that you're like, I must be made of steel. Truthfully, I'm just made of people pleasing and 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 love from other people. Um, but I was asked by my dad to learn a song to sing. And so I was like, fine, I'll figure it out. Why not? What's the worst that could happen? So I found sheet music. My sister found a song. And then... I had a guitar tuner and I would sing notes into the guitar tuner till the lights turned green. And then I would feel the vibrations that I was creating on my throat and mm. find which ones were the strongest and isolate it and then mark my throat off. So if I was wow. singing a C, it would vibrate more here than I would know that I was singing a C. Wow. And then I would move up the scales and put marker all over my face um, <laughs> for where things tickled and, and, felt the most so that I could do it tactilely. Um, that pushed me into recording a song in the basement with my dad, giving it to my old local coach. She pushed me to sing at a jazz club um, because I started taking voice lessons again for some reason. Because she asked me to and I said yes, and she didn't charge me for them. So I was just like, <laughs> okay. Um, and I, growing up, because I was shy, I was painfully, painfully not okay with having people stare at me. I used to vomit and pass out having oh. to give presentations. So now <laughs> I'm standing in a dining area of a jazz club, a high level, you know, where like the food is like more than my rent, you know, um, <laughs> and I have the potential of just mass vomiting on everybody. Um, but I sang one song, I sang My Funny Valentine, wow. and I just told myself right before it started, I was like, what's the worst that can happen? My biggest fear already came true. How can we, as the hearing community, support yeah. those around us who are hearing impaired in our midst, who are struggling, who are going through moments like your bicycle crash moment, you know, the realization moment, are dealing with the downhill slope. How can we be that kind of community that supports and helps? Yeah. 
I, I think that every single person is so individual that if there's a person that you know that is very specific in your life, the best thing to do is just be there. You know, it's not, not necessarily like pounding on their door and bothering them all the time, but <laughs> asking them how you can be supportive, even if that's just showing up and sitting there silently. Mm. You know, I I think that those are the people that I I connected with the most. It was just knowing that I wasn't alone um, helped so, so, so much. As far as people who are hearing impaired, it's understanding that they're there. Um, it's a very overlooked group. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's not a visual, it's not a visual um, disability. You can't see it. So a person can walk by you and you have no idea that they can't hear you or not. It's an invisible right. disability. And so you naturally assume when something goes different that it must be them. So it's like, if I walk into a grocery store and I don't see you and you say hello and I walk past you, you think I'm a jerk Mm. because I didn't say hello back. That never even pops into your mind that maybe I didn't hear you. Mm. And so it's just reminding yourself to pull back on judgment Mm. and maybe think, I don't know who this person is. I don't know what's going on in their circumstances. Maybe I shouldn't be so quick to make those conclusions as to who these people are. Right. Always giving that person the the benefit of the doubt that that you know there's a whole other person with a whole other life that we we don't know what that person is going through. We've mm. we've really appreciated you yeah. joining us Mandy and sharing your story with us. It has been incredibly eye-opening for us to hear everything that you've been going through your whole your whole journey is amazing and speaking mm. of that journey um, what's coming up for you? Like, is there a gig that's coming up? Is there a new song or an album that's coming up? Absolutely. So I just had uh, an album that came out called Paper Cuts, and I did a bunch of music videos in ASL. So I signed a bunch of songs. I am. Um, I just finished recording a documentary, and that's going to come out in the fall. And I recorded a song for the title of the documentary. So that was really fun to do. I'm going to be doing a concert in Hong Kong um, in November with an orchestra, which is going to be really fun. I last year I I was there for the True Colors Festival in Tokyo, and now it's the True Colors um, Orchestra concert in I think November 5th in Hong Kong, which is going to be Amazing. I'm trying to think of things that are over. In over our neck of the woods. Our our neck of the woods. I love it. So, Mandy, tell me the, the name of the documentary. Where can we find it or watch it? Is this a, this a stateside thing or is it going on a network platform? I'm not. I I'm not entirely sure. I think it might be Netflix. Right. Um, <gasps> but so it's, cool. I know, it's called Heroes and it hasn't been put out there yet. So... I don't know how much I can say about it, but well, I will. I will post about it as soon as I know more about it. Um, and maybe yeah, also it, come back and talk to us yeah. about the the documentary Absolutely. itself. We'd love to. Hey, well, you can hang out with me in a day. You need a third person. <laughs> you know, I'm yes. the, I'll be part part of the crew. Absolutely. Be like, what's up? <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Thank you so much again. We. We're, we're wrapping it up right here and appreciate you so much for uh, staying up yeah. this late. Mandy, we really appreciate you. Oh, I'm honored, guys. Thank you so much for asking and for letting me be a part of today.